Welcome to the spirit room. I'm Melissa White. And I'm Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. We're mediums. And moms. And we're inspired to create this space for the spiritually curious, the developing intuitive, and the soulful spirit. Welcome again to the spirit room. Welcome to the spirit room. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Hope that you're ready to delve into the topic of psychic children. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. This is like a a common question I get from a lot of clients. So I'm pretty, pretty jazzed to get into it with you. Yeah, I think it's going to be something that uh, lots of people are intrigued by and wanting to kind of know more. So why don't we start off with what's been your experience? What is your sort of experience with um, kids and the, the, the psychic and the, the spiritual world? Yeah, well, I guess just starting with myself, like I don't think I ever considered myself to be a psychic kid, but I did share a room with my brother for 12 years. It was awful. (laughs) (laughs) He was very psychic. Like he used to see spirit all the time and he would say to me like, Danielle, don't you see grandmother there? And I'm like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And I would hide under the blankets because I was so scared. So things like this have definitely been in my awareness since I was a little kid. And, you know, as I got older, you know, around seven, like knowing my guide and and then sensing spirit, but not wanting to see them. I've always been very clear on that since I was a little kid. So it wasn't until I got older and I realized I had these gifts that I realized I was a psychic kid. Um, but I think my parents spent so much time focusing on my brother. Like my mom went to a psychic to see what was up with my brother. Like there was no inquiries about me there. But, um, you know, having Katie Jane, my, my first little girl, where my mediumship gifts really came out with the, with the birth of her, you know, as a baby, I have, I I should send you some YouTube links actually, Mel, because I have some video of like an crazy amount of light around her crib when she was just a baby, like streaks of light, orbs floating around. Like, you know, back then I was just kind of like opening up to this journey and opening up to this path. And there was a lot of like, I think angel energy around her, because if you go back to the angel episode, I share how she really kind of awoke me to my awareness of angel energy. And it was like kind of intense. It was, uh, I didn't have anything similar with my son, same camera, same bedroom, same crib. It was like just kind of around my daughter, to be honest with you. And it was like kind of cool. It kind of got me into, you know, a bit more deeper into the spirituality and the curiosity of it. Now my daughter is definitely, you know, I don't think she's psychic to the point where she like predicts things, but she's very empathic. She always knows like when you need a hug, she always knows, you know, she's pretty wise up emotionally, I would say. So I definitely feel that I hopped on my path when I did because of her and, you know, likely because I'm learning for whatever's going to unfold in front of her. But I'm also very cognizant of not trying to like push anything on her. You know what I mean? Or, or, you know, guide her in a certain way. I want her to live her life completely as she should and just know that I'm here as a resource. But that's pretty much it around. And, you know, when she was a baby, I could speak to angels and just say, I need her to sleep till like seven o'clock, right? Like I just need this. And every time she would sleep till like seven o'clock, it was like, I could speak to her guides and her angels and my prayers would always be answered. Whereas with my son, my second child, I'm like, is there anyone with you? <laughs> like, what is going on? 
Right. Yeah. So that's kind of my own personal experience. I know Avery's very psychic, so I'm kind of excited to hear how this all unfolded for you. Yeah. Well, I, it's similar, you know, we have a similar uh, kind of story because my abilities really started to come through and I started to realize them uh, after the birth of Avery. Right. So um, that's definitely a common parallel, but I believe, you know, in most cases, you know, most children are extremely psychic, like they are extremely sensitive, intuitive, you know, because to varying degrees, but um, because they've just come from the other side, you know, so they're still fresh, they're still open uh, most of the time. But yeah, there are some that are more so than others, I would say with your daughter, for sure. With Avery, um, she's, I'm starting to see the same kind of things that I experienced. I'm starting to see her experience them. So um, she, she definitely um, has this thing with nighttime and um, waking up in the middle of the night and being extremely like anxious anxious to the point where it's like she can't go back to sleep and she needs to be uh, with me. And I remember being that way around her age as well. And I used to wake up and I would be in a panic. And I think it has to do with all of a sudden everything's quiet and everything is sort of like you're, you're kind of like in stillness. Everything is kind of more amplified in that kind of silence. And I would basically feel, I think I was feeling energy. I think I was feeling spirit, but I didn't know what it was and I didn't know how to process it. So I would wake up and run, like a run down the hallway to my parents' bedroom and basically set up a little sleeping bag and sleep, you know, beside them. And that was the only way I could get back to sleep. And looking back, I see that it was likely, you know, because of, you know, just this feeling of spirit, but not knowing what to do with it. Now, Avery knows what to do with it and she understands because I've been able to explain it to her, but it still is something that I think she's, she's going to have to, um, it's going to take some time, you know, to be able to kind of be, um, less, less anxious, less panicked by that intensity of the energy. Um, but I, yeah, in school, I remember knowing exactly what the teacher was going to say before she said it um, and things like that. I remember knowing people's like with friends and things like this, knowing what was going on with them, knowing what their intentions were, knowing exactly kind of almost like just seeing through, you know, seeing through people. And I think it made it more difficult in, in some ways because uh, not everyone was as sensitive to that, to that, um, degree. So I kind of knew things that I wish I didn't sometimes. Um, so that was certainly part of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember sitting at the computer when Avery was probably like maybe two and a half and, um, it was like a month or two, maybe two months before her birthday. I think I might've mentioned this before, but I was, uh, you know, searching up like different locations and stuff for her birthday and sending out emails for invitations for her party. And she came up and sat beside me and said, Mama, what are you doing? Uh, My birthday party? (laughs) And I was just like, yeah. (laughs) But there was no way for her to ever know what that was. And it was so far in advance that there's no way that she would be thinking of it. It's not like we were talking about it or anything like that. So just things like that. She would also um, 
talked to me probably about three and a half years old about her other family that she had before us and her brothers and her sisters and um, that they had a fire in their house and all kinds of details that are like pretty specific that you would not ever expect like a child of that age to, to come through with. Um, so just, you know, things like that where it's just like, okay, you could see um, such a, like such a wisdom and such a um, vast amount of uh, experience in such a little person. Yeah, that's really cool. Those are really cool examples. I remember babysitting, I think I was like 14 years old and I used to just go to this family's house after school to help the mom like transition the kids into from school to home and like help prep dinner and, you know, sit and play with the kids so that she can get a little bit of work done. And I remember the little girl who was like six at the time, um, who I actually named my daughter after because <laughs> I babysat her like for like eight years, mm-hmm. I think from when I was 12 to 20, I yeah. babysat this girl and you know, she's a university grad now. It's so scary. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I remember sitting after school at the table and her mom was in the kitchen and she said, Hey mom, do you remember when I was the mummy and you were the baby? And I was like, Oh my God, what does that mean? <laughs> right. That was the first time I ever kind of had that experience with a child, kind of like recalling a past. Mm-hmm. And it, one of my biggest regrets in that moment, which I caution parents to wake up to, is like getting more curious about it, like asking questions and saying, like, oh, what about that? Like, where were we? And like just a genuine curiosity to follow kind of like their train of thought and who knows what will be revealed. Definitely. And I think, you know, one thing that I, I take away from my experiences that, and it's no fault of my parents, you know, they, they didn't know what they were dealing with. Um, but at least I feel with um, our children, um, specifically our daughters, we can totally guide them and help them to feel like that this is okay and this is normal and it's all right to have, and it's a blessing, you know, to have these sensitivities and that it's not something um, that they need to feel um, overwhelmed by or that they need to feel that needs to dictate or run their lives, you know, that they can also, you know, they can also have a very normal life. So I, I think it's a blessing to be able to understand um, and see those qualities in them and be able to be sort of like this soft place for them to land, like be able to kind of come and express it and have some understanding. Yeah, absolutely. And to touch on something you said earlier around like, you know, all kids are very psychic and, you know, there's a philosophy around there not being a veil between our world and the world of spirit for children. It's very accessible for them up until, you know, I've heard around the age of four or five when they start to take on the parents' teachings and like the parents' philosophies in life. Um, But I wanted to share this story that I heard on Oprah. I love her podcast, Super Soul Sunday. And she had a pastor on there who shared this story. And it just gave me chills. And he said, you know, he was working with a family and the five-year-old boy told the parents, they just brought the baby home from the hospital. So the pastor was visiting and the boy said, you know, I want to talk to my brother alone and, or I want to be alone with my brother. And the parents were like a little bit scared. They're Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, like, this is the new baby just home from the hospital. And so he said, no, I need you guys to leave. And then they listened on the other side door and he went up to his little brother who was fresh from home and said, hurry, tell me where you came from. I'm starting to forget. Oh, wow. And it was like, you know, one of the most important 
powerful things that I've ever heard about like a child around that age, kind of, you know, getting this amnesia that we have through, through life. And a big purpose of this life is remembering who we were and who we are at our essence. And children just have that knowing. And I love this saying too, where, you know, children hold all the secrets of the universe and that's why they can't speak when they, when they come. <laughs> right. Like, I love well, that. That's beautiful. Well played God. Well played. <laughs> yeah. Well, I find too, like with babies, like I have always been obsessed with babies. Like I just like, I mean, I know who doesn't love babies, but it's like, I feel, especially now that I am aware of my abilities and stuff, the telepathic communication that goes on with a baby and somebody who's intuitive and actually kind of tuned in and, and taking notice is phenomenal. Like, it's amazing. It's like intoxicating. Like, I, if I could just like hang out with a baby like all the time, like I think I would just, that would just be so heavenly. <laughs> oh, I love that. And don't kids give you that stare down too? You ever get the stare down from the kid? Yeah. Like when the eyes see- following you, you're oh. like, what? <laughs> it's kind of terrifying, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely. I mean, there's something, yeah, there's something so phenomenal and open and it's like, they don't question as much as we would, you know, as like we've been conditioned to. So, you know, you talk to, um, you talk to a child about, well, what colors do you see? You know, that's something that I always ask Avery, like, well, what colors do you see around so-and-so, you know? And it's just, they would just, they just answer, you know, they don't think about it. They don't worry about if it's right or wrong. They just kind of are experiencing it. And to them, it's so natural. Absolutely. You know, we had a tragedy in Squamish last week where a little two-year-old, you know, unfortunately went home a little early uh, because of a a car incident in a parking lot. And I had to explain it to Katie Jane the next day. She's six years old, but I'm always very stressful with them in parking lots. Like, this is why you need to hold our hand because cars can see you. And I said to her, I'm like, you know, Katie Jane, it's really sad, but you know, we lost a, a little girl, like God called her home. And, and she said, mom, it's okay. She's going to look over her parents in heaven. It's okay. Like she's like consoling me. Yeah. Because every mom in Squamish has just been crying. Right. And it, it's been really pulling the community together, but the wisdom kids have and this like hopeful disposition when it comes to life, the afterlife. If you ever talk to your kid about what heaven might be like, like just asking them questions, like what comes out of their mouths is like divine. Well, even Avery, like Avery said to me the other day, um, she was going for a sleepover at her friend's house and she's like, Oh, I'm going to miss you. And I said, I'm going to miss you too. And she goes, but that's okay. She's like, we can just meet in our dreams. And I was like, okay. And she's like, yeah. She's like, I can do that. She's like, when I'm dreaming, I, I know, I know that I'm dreaming and I can take control of it. She said, I can do what I want. I can go. If I want to go to Disneyland, I go to Disneyland. I was like, wow. I was like, that's amazing. And so I was like, okay. And she's like, yeah, before you go to sleep, she's just like, just, just ask for that and I'll meet you there. Oh, I love that. So peaceful. Yeah, so cute. It's just like, you know, and I'm like, I never, I've never talked to her about astral travel or any of that kind of stuff. So it's just amazing to me that she's like, oh yeah, that's fine. We can just meet, you know, meet on the astral plane. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's so cool. So there's another side I'd like to discuss of this conversation because I'm sure, you know, we've actually never talked about this, but um, I get a ton of emails from parents 
about their kids. Um, and the tone of most of the emails that I get are, uh, there is spirits clinging to my children. Um, there's my child is possessed. I've received that. I'm like, there, there's evil here. Um, I get a ton of messages from parents and I'll always take the inquiry so far because when a child is involved, I'm all in. Um, but more often than not, I'm a little bit saddened by parents reactions because when I go do a home visit and I'm able to channel a loved one and just say, you know, I feel like this is like your father, like a grandfather, just using it as an example trying to make themselves known and let you know that they're okay. But so many families are not even open to that being a possibility. It's yeah. like, and then I choose not to work with that family, unfortunately. Right. But I'm like, you just have to be open that this is something different than what you initially think, which is your amygdala kicking in. And that's the fear based of the brain creating a monster in the closet. Right. Yeah. Really. It's more almost always a loved one just trying to get your attention. Definitely. I've had the same exact same experience over the years. Um, and it is, it is sort of like an educational sort of opportunity. Um, some people are not ready to necessarily hear that, you know, or to, to, they're not ready to understand it. Um, but I do, I do see that there is such a fear around that. Um, also I would say, um, kind of like, what you were saying earlier about being careful not to put that pressure. I also have seen where there's some parents that you can tell, like you can feel that they really want their kids to be super psychic mm. and that they want to kind of um, push it and kind of um, almost like, it's almost like it's a, a fun party trick that their kid can do, you know? And I am really aware that if I'm going to work with any children and I do, but I choose pretty carefully about like who, who I would work with, you know, it's always to empower the child to feel confident and comfortable in themselves and in their abilities and to know that they don't have to be run by their, you know, by their, their ability. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that sometimes you can feel the intention with the parent is actually just to kind of, they, they almost live vicariously through the child mm -hmm. feeling like, Oh, this is something so unique and special, which it is, but the intention sometimes isn't what I would be comfortable with. So that is something that I do. I am mindful of. Yeah, I, I, I work with some families too, but I think I'm down to like three families that I'm working with right now, but they're all teenagers. There's, there's some parents who come see me when their kids are like, you know, under four. And I just tell them that the best way for you to help your child is to develop your own intuition so that you can be like a resource for them. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and then, you know, the older ones, like I work with a, a handful, well, I guess only actually three right now, teenagers. And that's a really tricky time for, for, you know, an intuitive, like usually when you get to that age, it's definitely going to be on your path if you're still feeling and sensing and having these experiences. And again, it's just working with these teens on energy management, understanding their energy versus other people's energy, understanding that if there's benefit to going towards a positive bias when it comes to spiritual experiences, because TV really promotes the scary bias, right? Definitely. So what are yeah, you just I think the empowerment piece is so vital. And also, you're right. I mean, teenage years, I mean, there's so much going on, um, so much um, shifting into, like, 
a new kind of energy, a new kind of um, phase in life and all of the things that go along with that. Um, plus, if they're, you know, super empathic, they would need this guidance and this kind of um, uh, sort of point of reference to kind of look towards, you know, that, that feeling of being um, empowered in it and, and seeing that it's, it's something that can be managed and it doesn't have to be something that is terrifying. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, one thing I just like encourage everyone who listens to is like, if you, if this resonates with you, just like stay curious, right? Just stay curious and super open-minded, super open-hearted and like kind of let the unfolding happen, like not forcing anything, not presuming anything. Yes. I'd also say not to discount you know, I think lots of times parents automatically want to make it better for their child, of course. And so they're like, oh, I saw this or I saw that. And the parents are like, no, you didn't. It's fine. Nothing's there. You're good. Go to sleep. You know, and it's like um, if, if a child comes to you and is having that experience, I would say validating that it's real and, and that it's okay is so important. You know, same thing with like, if you're in a bad mood or if you're having a fight with your um, partner or something, children feel that energy, even if you're not saying it, you know, even if it's not something that they, that's happening in front of them. So when they come to you and say, are you okay? Or why are you sad? Or are you guys fighting? I think it's very important to be truthful and be honest because if you lie to your children, they're going to then start to doubt their own intuition. They're going to start to doubt themselves. They won't trust themselves because, you know, they're, they're feeling it and then you're telling them the opposite. Um, and I think that that's such a disservice. So just to really always be as open and honest with your kids as you can. 100%. I mean, I look at some of the clients that I've had in the past and currently, and one of the barriers to them really trusting their intuition is the way that they were raised. Mm -hmm. Right. Like through different belief systems that were like, you know, imparted on them. Um, and so that's like one of the things that I'm working through a few clients right now is like this deep ingrained belief system. Um, cause unfortunately the parents weren't open for them as psychic children. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. And it is something that I think we all have to overcome in our own development. You know, I was um, with a class the other night, and it was the first class of a series. And I, I just felt like each person was so just needing to get over themselves, you know, just needing to get over the the idea of judging themselves and if they can do that then all of a sudden like so many miraculous things are going to unfold and that the mediumship just has comes through naturally but the more we kind of like um have that have that judgment of ourselves and it's the way that we've been taught the way that we've been raised really to doubt our feelings and to only obey what's tangible, you know, and do what we're told kind of thing. So yeah, I think it's unlearning a lot of stuff for, for most people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So if we're wanting to raise a generation that's a little bit more woke, <laughs> right. And I think we will be for sure, because I mean, even just in the past 10, 15 years, I mean, 
us adults are like just spiritually curious and, and tapping into that curiosity. So I think our kids' generation is going to grow up a lot more comforted with the spirit world. Um, yeah. And you know, back in, even in the eighties, like think being raised in the eighties, it was a totally different way of being raised than now. I think we're more connected to our kids. I think we're more, you know, maybe too much so bending over a little bit for our kids compared to the way we were probably raised. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's like night and day in my case, but, um, I do, I think that the, the universal energy, you know, this, this, the consciousness is changing. We are sort of making movements forward in that regard. And so it does start, it does start with our children and kind of like just even having conversations with them about what do they think? What do they believe? What do they, what do they experience spiritually? You know, like what, what do they feel? And they'll give all kinds of wisdom. You know, if you're listening, it's amazing some of the things that they will, they will be able to come through with. For sure. You know, I, I think I mentioned on the last episode with um, Lindsay, I asked like, oh, did your grandmother have like these abilities? And mm-hmm. I shared how I just learned last year that my dad was kind of like being trained when he was a kid by my grandmother on how to be a clairvoyant. And like, I didn't know that before last year. Well, my dad watches my daughter twice a week before and after school. And, um, he said that one day he played cards with her. So he put down three cards and like had her try to find the card. And like, she would put her fingers to her temples and say, she's like, I'm going to use my mind. Yeah. he got it like eight out of 10 times. And then me and my dad would try and like, I got it a few times. Right. And so yeah. does my dad, but the kids, I mean, cause they don't second guess themselves. Well, they that's exactly it. Yeah. Like, you know, when my daughter, one time when we were doing it together, cause she loves doing it. It's like a game for her. She was saying, mom, like my mind said it was this one, but I picked this one and it was actually this one. And it was a really interesting way to see her express how her intuition worked right? She went with her gut, not her, her mind. That's amazing. I mean, just to have that, have that awareness, you know, in such a little, a little person. Um, and it is, it's sort of like, you know, they, I think they get it. Like they understand like what life is about. They experience it. (laughs) They're not like analyzing every single little thing. Um, and they're kind of like in it for the joy of life. Like that's what they're, that's how they're, they're sort of, experiencing life. So I think for them, it's like, it's free, you know, it's like a freedom thing. They can just, yeah, they're free to try it and they're not, they're not worried and they don't get in their own way. Yeah. And isn't it a big lesson? Like I know, I don't know if this works for you, but when I approach a reading with a fun disposition, like I just here to have some fun and like lighten up. And when I approach my readings in that way, they always end up being like stronger. Yeah. Totally. And it's, it's this thing where we are the ones that, that generally get in our own way when it comes to the expectation and the pressure. Um, I feel like people always ask, and I'm sure they ask you the same thing, like, Oh, don't you find this work draining? And I don't, I've thought about it a lot and I, I don't think it's actually the work. I think it's the expectation Mm. that I put on myself. I think that's tiring. I think that's exhausting, but the actual work itself is not what's making me tired. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So I find this work totally energizing. 
Yeah, exactly. So unless you get a difficult client, sometimes it's my client who trains me. Well, that is a totally, yeah, that's a totally different thing, but I, different episode. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah. That could be a whole series of episodes, but, um, but for the most part, I think it's that expectation. Yeah, for sure. We, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and, you know, especially we're being raised and you not raised, but like we're, we kind of are becoming adults and coming into our own in a comparison trap, like state of mind as a collective, right? Like with the yeah. social media like with the exposure of the intuitive work, um, it, it, it happens to all of us. We'll dip in and out of that comparison. And that just adds pressure to us. That is so wasted energy. It's just completely wasted energy. So I try to harness like my inner six-year-old Katie Jane, whenever I step into a reading setting and just say, you know what, I'm here to have fun. I'm here to learn what I can to help, you know, my daughter and my son and the future generations. And like, let's just have some fun and lighten up. Right. Definitely. I think that's the way to do it, you know, and to just, always keep in mind that, um, you know, the, the more we can free ourselves from this, like the logical mind, the better, you know, like in the, in the case of, you know, being in a reading situation, um, the less thinking and the more feeling the better. Yeah. So you, um, I just remembered this, but I remember last year sometime you were offering, um, I think it was a class for, for parents and kids. Yeah, so basically to give parents and kids both some um, understanding of what's going on with the energy, what it means to be intuitive, what it means to, to be psychic or to be mediumistic, um, and some tools, some tools to be able to manage, you know. So certainly um, tons of people that... Uh, are interested in that, you know, so I, I understand it. I do find it sometimes it is hard to um, kind of get through to the parents. I think with the kids, it's very natural. And then for them, it was very like, it was very interesting and fun. But with the parents, it is, it is harder to ease their fear around it and kind of bring them that kind of educational piece. Yeah, isn't that funny that, to think about that? Like just how like life knocks us around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like literally and like what we hold on to. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of, it's interesting to see um, the two different sort of ways of looking at it. You know, so the, the kids sometimes are, yes, a little bit um, nervous or they're feeling anxiety around it. But once there's some kind of explanation and, and some kind of um, sort of experience that is positive with it, where they can feel like with Katie Jane and her with the cards and everything, it's a positive experience and it's fun and it's something that she can kind of see um, the results, you know, and see like, Oh, I got it. You know, like it, it for them, that's so, that's so joyful. Yeah. So to kind of change, change the, change the energy around with it, that it's not something that is terrible. you know. Yeah. Or scary. So it, it, it's hard. It's hard. Like even me with the beliefs I have, 
like I try so hard not to like say them all to her because it's like I don't want to influence her own spiritual philosophy. You know what I mean? Yes. It, it, it's a tough balance. It's like, you know, she'll ask me questions. She's been obsessed with death. Like, I don't know if this is like a six-year-old thing, right? And I just, I, I try my best to say like, well, what do you think, Katie Jane? Like, what do you think happens like when we go home, right? Or you know, I think that's the only philosophy I've, I've tried to impart on her is like, I just keep calling where we go and where we come from home, right? To kind of like give it that like vibration. Right. But, but yeah, it's tough. It's tough. So what, what kind of advice do you give parents like that our listeners could have when you're doing your classes? Like what's some good advice we can give people to, to go home and, and to have conversations with their kids or, or what, whatever? I think definitely you need to be able to figure out what you believe too, you know, so that you're not coming at this from a place of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, really, you know, get, get some um, education or, you know, find, find your own truth as a parent, you know, as what you feel about that kind of stuff. But also then, like you were saying, be asking questions and allowing them to answer without this energy of, um, uh, almost like uh, the fear, the fear-based, you know, sort of uh, line of questioning, like without interrogation, mm-hmm. um, you know, asking questions. And I think having, having experiences together, you know, so if you notice that your child is super empathic and super anxious and overwhelmed when they're coming home from school, um, maybe creating a little ritual together where you can sit and do a meditation together or that you can, you know, introduce them to some crystals, some stones, some gemstones that might be super, um, that they might resonate with, because kids do, kids love, usually, you know, any kind of gems, crystals, anything of the earth is very intriguing. So, you know, working, working with them with that, or, you know, helping them to have, uh, have, like reading their own angel cards, but before bed, like with, um, with Avery, um, sometimes pulling a, an angel card and saying, okay, this is the, this is the angel that's going to look after you tonight, you know, like, and, and sort of talking to her about that specific angel, you know, or something like that. So giving them tools that they can, they can call upon, um, and they can use their, you know, use their intuition, but that it's not something that is overwhelming. Yeah. No, I love that. I think if I were to give some advice to people who, who are listening for one, I wanted to just say, I love that you do those angel cards. Cause I have the Kyle gray angel prayers app on my phone. And mm-hmm. because we listen to a guided meditation to fall asleep. Yeah. We usually pull a spread like strength, heart challenge before bed. And it's like, we're always hoping to get mother Mary. <laughs> it's like, yes. if you get her. It's like literally like winning the lotto. And like, we're both like, Oh my God, she's like a total celebrity in this house. <laughs> um, and I think for parents, I would just, you know, say f- first and foremost, remove the drama, right? Like if, if you sense your kid's psychic, if you sense that they're experiencing things, like try to see the situation from like multiple angles and multiple viewpoints and like remove the drama from it. And I only say that because of the notes I get. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's like, I have experience with this. And the more you can do that, the more you might even be able to hear your own intuition on how you should proceed forward with the situation. 
right? Because the last thing you want to do for somebody who's already kind of like discovering their own intuitive gifts is to like freak them out. And then just learn tools and energy management. If anything, even just super simple, like even the corporate world teaches energy management, or I think they call it energy hygiene now. Um, yeah. And, and whatever you learn on how to manage your own energy, like teach that to your children, because the truth is whether you're psychic, you're medium, you're empathic, intuitive, whatnot, it's all energy. Yes, I agree. And, and teaching, teaching kids that, you know, just because they're, they may have these abilities and they may be more sensitive than the average, you know, their peer, um, does not mean that it has to be something that is on all the time and that they have no control over it, you know, so definitely, um, yeah, maybe looking at grounding techniques or making sure that your sensitive child gets outside and gets in the fresh air. Um, you know, when Avery was a baby, I think I bathed her four or five times a day oh, and it wasn't because I was like, you know, worried, like, um, paranoid about like her being dirty. It was more like that was her, for her being in the water. And it still is to this day, but for her, she's a little Pisces. So she is a fishy, but, um, for her being in the water was like a spiritual experience. It was amazing. Like if she was cranky, if she was like out of sorts, all I had to do was put her in her little bath and she was loving life. And I just feel like if that's what works, then just do what works for your child. Whatever, whatever soothing for your child's soul, um, do that. Yeah, I love that. I think that that's solid advice. And I just kind of thought about this, but maybe we can just like run through some like enclosing kind of some signs for people to look for for intuitive children. Right, definitely. I mean, what, what would you say? Well, like you mentioned earlier around the anxiousness, like if you have a child who's like just anxious to go to school, anxious to go to sleep, like dig a little bit deeper and, and ask some questions around why that might be. Um, I think obviously if a child like expresses something about a past life or starts talking about like their grandfather who they never met or, or whatnot, that would definitely be something. Um, if they show interest in like guessing games, um, if they talk about like deja vu things, like KJ talks about some things that are like totally deja vu related. Um, right. Yeah, those are just kind of things that come off the top of my head, but I'm curious, curious what you yeah. see. Uh, totally. If they're, if they're super connected to animals, I find that that's usually a very good sign that they do have that, um, empathic, uh, quality for sure. Um, if, if you notice that they kind of are, are seeing through, um, words. So they're like, they're aware of stuff going on. Like they have a good ability to, to tell a lot when someone's lying. Um, that's a good indication. Um, I would say too, it's just also something about, I don't know, I find that when there's a, a child who's, who's kind of more intuitive or psychic or more sort of mediumistic, something about their eyes. There's just like being able to look in their eyes and there's something very, um, it's almost like this sparkle of light that's just a little bit maybe brighter, you know, you can kind of, you can kind of tell. And also just the, the feeling when you're with them, you know, when you're with an intuitive child, they they sort of have this, this way of, um, I don't know, it's like a, a way of expressing themselves that's different, you know, it's on a different level. So usually they're more, um, a little bit more uh, wise for their age or a little bit more um, mature for their age usually. Yeah, no, definitely. I love that. 
Well, hopefully people enjoy this conversation and find it helpful. We'll post it out to the community today, our podcast community and Facebook, and we'll see if you guys have any follow-up questions to this episode, which we would be happy to answer for you. Um, yeah, I've really enjoyed this conversation with you. Definitely. I mean, it's something that we haven't really, we've been meaning to ch chat about, um, but we haven't really talked about before. So I think it's, it's, it's interesting. And I think lots of people will be intrigued to, to hear, you know, what we think and maybe, yeah, go forward with some even more questions. We could do even a follow-up episode as well. Yeah, definitely. We'll see what the community says. So yay. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. And you guys don't forget to join us in the Facebook group that we've got going, the Spirit Room podcast. Um, and also if you feel inclined, if you feel guided, it would be awesome to have some reviews. I think we only have one and that is my partner. <laughs> I know I did one too. So one of those. Okay. <laughs> So we would like some others, you know, that would be wonderful. And hopefully just, yeah, can, can continue on listening. And um, thank you guys very, very much for being here. And thank you, my friend, for um, sharing this time. Always a pleasure.